0: Hello and welcome to Sport and Life podcast with Cheltenham Town defender Charlie Raglin. That is coming up. Thank you for hitting on the button. Just wanted a couple of words for the sponsors as ever. First and foremost, thank you to the main sponsor of the podcast. Nearly three years now, Jason Briggs and Bagnolofsson of Cheltenham have been supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. Bagnolofsson, Cheltenham are masters of home installations very knowledgeable around all the home entertainment brands and just all around fantastic service and home entertainment installations check out bang online through serene av and or which serene av being their sister company and or if you're in cheltenham go into the beautiful store in the courtyard in montpellier jason's there manchester united fan good character get to chat to him even if you're not going to buy anything you'll have a laugh with jason so I appreciate his support and bang olson of cheltenham support if you're looking to optimize your immunity remember the association the podcast has with a supplement company cytoplan food-based supplements designed to be digested as close to as possible food would be my father's been acting as a mentor steward working for cytoplan for a couple of decades we've been taking the supplements for that long and can offer you a discount at cytoplan.co.uk c-y-t-o-p-l a Discount of thirty percent up front, ten percent ongoing with the code draper10R at checkout. My last name, D R A P E R, all capital letters, numerals one zero and the capital letter R. At this time of year, if you're missing loved ones like I do often, maybe you want to look at the idea that we've been working on Atticbox Audio, atticboxaudio.co.uk. You can also get there through drapermedia.co.uk, just where I sit down with members of the public and talk through their life story, particularly a thing fascinating and revealing has been in the experience of myself is is the childhood of, of older people that maybe their loved ones their sort of next generations didn't realize some of the detail of, of growing up in the 1940s 50s whatever it might be uh, it's a fascinating opportunity for me to speak to people you can find out more about it at drapermedia.co.uk don't forget the free mentoring session with anthony asprey of the whole man academy which is available through the show notes but now on to the podcast with the one and only charlie raglan really appreciates candor Fantastic 29-year-old defender playing for Cheltenham Town, my local football club, in the third tier of English football. Previously at Oxford United, also played for Chesterfield, Port Vale is where he began his professional career, but had an upbringing in the Canary Islands as well, which is particularly fascinating. So here he is, the one and only Charlie Raglan. Charlie Raglan, welcome to Sport and Life podcast. How are you? Oh, well, thank you thanks for having me. No, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure, and I appreciate it. As well, it's been a, it's been a tricky week coming off the back of your your sending off. How are you feeling? Cause we say the problem with not being able to play another game is, I guess, it's, it simmers a little bit in your mind and it lives with you.
1: Well, I think um, at the timing you know, of the sending off, yeah, I was looking. Um, it's about three weeks until yeah. I can play again. Um, fortunate that the next game was so quick. You know, two or three days later, New Year's Day. Um, but then obviously I had a suspension already. Uh, pending, if you like, through two bookings in the Papa John's, so I'm missing for the quarterfinal of that game as well, uh, or that competition. That's a bit. Uh, it's a
0: big one for Cheltenham, as well, isn't it? To try and get towards Wembley in March.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. It's funny. It's funny that competition. I think it gets a bit of a bad rap, um, maybe from the the fans, um, the the issues with the Premier League teams coming into it and things like that. But and then it seems as though every manager tends to take it. Uh, not so serious uses yeah. it as a bit of a game for the other players um, and then yeah you start getting into the last 16 or the last 32 what have you and then suddenly you're thinking well we're two or three games away from a, f- a cup final at Wembley so um, yeah from my point of view I think I was the only player from Cheltenham who to play in every game so um, which probably isn't surprising that I got two bookings <laughs> yeah um, you are not been a bit of defender yeah yeah uh, and and I didn't realise until the, the the fixture was announced against Salford that I'd been suspended. And um, Sean McDonald, one of the the goalkeepers, told me that I was suspended. So no one told me. <laughs> so yeah, I was I was ready to take that one on the chin. And then obviously, the uh, the incident happened at uh, Shrewsbury away, and um, that's seen me off for four games in total. So yeah, a bit a bit gutted to be missing.
0: You say it's no surprise to get two bookings. Is it more lenient in League One this season because the Premier League has become more physical, hasn't it? There's more physical contact permitted. Has there been a change in League One? Have you noticed?
1: Um,
0: no, I wouldn't say so. I mean, it's always been more physical or perceived to be more physical than the Premier League. More is allowed.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's just the nature of the game. Um, from a tactical point of view, it's a lot more end to end. I would, I would presume, than the Premier League. The Premier League is a lot more. Um, there's a lot more composure there's a lot more time where one team has the ball the other team has the ball I think you know, as yeah, you go down there's less, one, con- two. less contact yeah so there's less contact just by the nature of the game whereas in League 1 League 2 if the ball's changing hands a lot more there's there's more opportunities to, to get close to someone and <laughs> more um, 50-50s yeah more yeah. 50-50s and when you, whether you mean it or not you're, you're more likely to maybe leave a bit on someone um, which can result in obviously bookings and suspensions and what have you um
0: it's fine margins though isn't it like the tackle the other week for you you would say just that your intent is positive but if you miss time it it, it can kind of look yeah
1: bad. yeah i mean for, for that incident i wasn't sent off for the tackle um i feel the need to sort of to to make that point because sure. everybody assumes that it was and it was some terrible uh sort of horrible tackle um and it wasn't it was it was the referee didn't blow for the whi- didn't blow his whistle um it was more the the reaction of three or four of the players. um i likened it to Ruvan van nisseroy uh, oh, arsenal yeah, yeah yeah i felt like ruy van Nistelrooy and martin Keown was jumping all over me um so yeah that then sort of heightens your senses and you get a bit stressed um and yeah it was their captain came towards me and um, very aggressively and i sort of genu- genuinely just went to meet him yeah head on you know because what
0: what do you do you don't want to be violent but at the same time you don't want to back down and that's yeah. this big you know it's a, it's a sort of competition yeah. isn't it you you're up against someone you don't want to kind of be back deferential down. yeah
1: yeah I, I didn't want to back down um at the same time in hindsight yeah I would have maybe love to have said oh well I'll just turn away and let him come towards me and and, and put it on me and I might have still been able to be available for the next few games, which would have been great. But no, the the the, the millisecond you have to react and possibly reacted poorly, but I didn't actually do a lot that do a lot wrong. Um, it sounds like I'm making excuses, <laughs> but I, I, genu- I genuinely didn't do a lot wrong. Well,
0: I suppose that that's part of the reflection, right? You have to look at it if you're going to improve. Like we all reflect on things. If you think there's not much you could have done, because sometimes it's just circumstances kind of get away from you.
1: Yeah, I mean, in a way, I. I, I, I Part of me sort of thinks, well, if, I'm, if I was going to get sent off for it and be banned for four games, I might have well let him know, you know, I was I was there yeah. properly, which would have been obviously a lot worse in terms of the 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 incident. But but no, I, I just went to sort of confront him for for yeah. coming to me and 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 picking picking on me, if you like. So uh, yeah, I stood my ground and I ultimately paid the price for that.
0: How how you approach that mindset wise when you go into a physical league like that as a defender? Are you fired up? Because there's also that cliche, isn't there, sports people being like banging walls and pumped up and they go out there, or are you actually better off being composed and you know kind of robust, but actually calm so you can think around things and, and be clear-headed?
1: Uh, now, I would say... So I've always been that type that would be very calm. Um, mm. But there was a part of me when I was a bit younger where I was thinking, do I have to be a certain type of person or do I have to be a certain type of player um, and I suppose it's that unknown, and you're you're conscious of what other people are maybe thinking of you, and you're thinking, well, if I'm gonna establish myself in the dressing room, I have to come across as this aggressive centre back. The uh, stereotype around yeah, centre yeah, half, yeah, yeah, The stereotype. Um, whereas as I ca- as I got older and as I played more games, it was kind of well, being authentic is probably the most important thing. Mm. And actually, and 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 I've seen it before where I've. I've looked at other players and I'm, and I'm kind of questioning whether that's really them. Um, and that's fine if you can actually say to someone, well, you're acting there and they know they are. Mm. And that's fine. A lot of people do that. They think... Well, right. play a role. Yeah, they, they think, well, I'll just play this role for now, for today. Um, and there's other players who have you know set up arguments at half-time. They'll <laughs> say, I'm, yeah. I'm going to get into you and you get into me and we'll just have a, a row in the, just to fire everyone else up. Really? Yeah, I've, I've been a part of that. Players at Cheltenham have done it. Um, ben Toza was one for that I remember him saying to,
0: was he a good actor then because you have to be quite otherwise, yeah. <laughs> otherwise people probably just yeah he probably up, just they.
1: thinks I just, I just need to to curate a bit of atmosphere or something you know let people know that I'm not happy but the, he's already set it up um, yeah. which is which is one side of it but for me overall no, I, I tend to try and be quite calm and composed um, but at the same time knowing that um, you have to be yeah. On the front foot, you have to be
0: aggressive. And do, do those roles change as well? Do you see people get more, I guess, animated if another player leaves a club and, and they feel the responsibility now to be the, the vocal one?
1: Possibly. Um, you see that a lot when maybe the captaincy changes hands. I think that's a, a classic example. You mm-hmm. know, people think that they then suddenly have to do something different. Um, but no, I would always recommend that people just be themselves and... and you're there for a reason because because of what you've done before, and there's no need to change. So, yeah.
0: Because um, if you're thinking about being a certain type of person when you're on the pitch, you, presumably that's not going to be 100 percent focused on the ball or, or whatever you're trying yeah, to achieve.
1: Yeah. On your whole sort of game, you, you, yeah, it's a it's a distraction. Your attention isn't where it should be, um, and that's going to have a negative effect on your game, I'd imagine, um, or, or it probably will do. You know, there's maybe not that example, but there's other things when I've been conscious of other things, and I'm and I'm and I know I'm not engaged in the game and, and that's a big one for me that being engaged in the game uh, and just being yourself trusting yourself and your instincts um and and that's why i'm 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 not thinking too much about the incident the other night because i was you know i just yeah it was well yeah it's done for one thing and also i trusted my instincts that the tackle was the tackle um and i, I wasn't willing to take a backward step when three or four of their players were running into me and uh, it could have been a lot worse, and I and I felt like I all I did was really stand my ground. Um, mm. So, and and I mean it proves it that their their red card got rescinded. So <laughs> it's just that the camera angle makes me look like some villain. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, the manager's backed me. He's he's been quite good with me and, and understanding of it, and understands that the football pitch is a uh, things can, can can go can go wrong. Um, but at the same time I have to take the lesson because in a, in a maybe a more important game you know um, if if that was a, a semi-final of a cup competition for example a quarter-final like, like the one in a few days yeah. time that could cost the team and, and cost myself so um, yeah there's lessons to be learned there
0: as well yeah you could sort of feign injury fall over and hold your face or something or do you know is, yeah. but that's about who you want to be like you say being authentic yeah. do you want to create that image like some people will do anything for a bit of an advantage but yeah. yeah that can be you know not not a good look if yeah. if you look yourself in the mirror as well afterwards that sense of identity is interesting isn't it because you said it's not you to be that aggressive tub thumping type of center half and you wonder where i suppose you all wonder what, what the mix is between genetics upbringing socialization who, who was your role model when you were growing up in terms of football as center half? you look for? I don't know if you were a centre-half the whole time or whether you, you changed position. Um,
1: well, yeah, no, I was a, I was a, a big... Was the land, but I was a big Manchester United fan when I grew up. Um,
0: yeah, because that's where you're with them, sure, isn't it? The yeah, Northwest, Manchester.
1: Yeah. We, we lived in Stockport when I, was, um, when I lived in England as a youngster. Obviously, we moved away. Um, the age for me was about five or six years old but in those early years of being in the playground and also this was the late 90s when yeah, yeah late 90s when manchester united were probably the biggest team in england possibly the world so it'd be the
0: 99 treble season 99 yeah.
1: treble season was probably a year or two after that and uh, just just finding out that i actually liked football and 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 playing and and it was more the influence of my friends then Yeah. Manchester United were the bigger club, and I supported those. So then, yeah, for me, then it was that I was always watch those players, and obviously it was the teams of Beckham, Strolls, Keane, Giggs. Yeah. Um,
0: defenders would be Yaps, them, and Ronnie Johnson. Yeah, without. defenders.
1: I wasn't really interested <laughs> at that point. At that no. time, it was more. I can I can hit a ball like Beckham. I can I can pass the ball like Strolls. It was it yeah. was all the flair. Um, later on, I was I remember being luckily at the game when Cristiano Ronaldo made his debut for wow. United. Um, so, so for me, I was thinking. Well, I wanted to be sort of an attacking midfield player.
0: Mm. Um, well, you need to be composed, and yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was playing
1: abroad then, and then it was, and it wasn't until I was coming into the youth team setup of a, of um, my first team in England. Um, it was actually there was an injury, so I wasn't. I was signed as a midfielder. I don't know how, but I was. <laughs> um, by who? By Port Vale. Port Vale, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Mark grew. Um, Mickey Adams was just coming in to be the first team manager, uh, and it was it was very much. Were you box to box midfielder, or were you were sort of oh, defensive no. midfielder? No, I was. I thought I was kind of PLO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought I I was very uh, confused about my role and and what I thought I could be. Uh, I had a lot of expectations of what the game should be like, mm. and then like we said before, you come into a an under eighteen setup of a League Two team, and you have to be or they demand that you have to be able to put your foot in. And it wasn't that I was I was, I was was shy of doing that. I just wasn't very good at it. Um, but,
0: but you'd had that spell of growing up, formative years in the Canary Islands. How different was that with the, the Spanish influence in terms of the type of player you were, type of person? Because I guess there are those firebrand Spanish, Spanish defenders like Puyol you think of, but then there's more. Yeah. I think the Gerard Piquet type is probably more consistent with maybe the, the Spanish type of football.
1: Yeah, I think I think the culture, cultural difference was, was big that everything was a lot more relaxed mm-hmm. just everything you know whether you were having dinner or playing football it was having dinner at midnight <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah 10 11 o'clock <laughs> was quite normal and you sat for hours and it was about the chat and you just had a laugh with your friends and your family and but they did that you know morning uh, breakfast lunch and dinner it was yeah. it was take your time everything was take your time and in football it was the same i got the same idea in football it was everything was about the build-up and it was more like what you would maybe watch on television, mm. it was more replicated even at that stage of my yeah. sort of first. It's more like what years. you see in the Premier League, yeah, but all the way
0: down, whereas the pyramid in England is very different. Yeah, the
1: whereas first. now I would advise younger players to say, listen, you might look at the Premier League and it's it's a different ball game sometimes yeah. to playing in the first team at Cheltenham and playing against Wickham or, you know, uh, I don't know, Accrington Stanley and things yeah. like that, where the ball's going to be in the air, the ball's going to be going over your head and people are running after you and
0: chasing you down hunting you
1: down snarling at you and
0: it's, it- fun, it's funny isn't it because you think could it be different because the players there that in League 1 and 2 are probably really technical that never get to show it because of the dynamic whereas if they everyone sort of culturally shifted that maybe you could have a different style. yeah I'm
1: probably doing it a disservice in terms of that. that's only that's yeah. what
0: it's about because it's certainly not I mean, but it's almost a mindset everyone gets into that yeah, you, yeah. you're more direct and you, you're more yeah. rushing around and, yeah. and no one gives anyone a bit of time on the ball so there's that yeah. perception
1: I think the nature of the game is what I'm getting at the generalisation of the game whereas mm. there are certainly one or two teams who are absolutely their values are again I don't want to just keep comparing to Premier League teams but it's like we pass the ball constantly um, we build through the thirds so yeah. we don't ever really look to play long passes or longer balls um, and
0: the pitches and the weather make a difference don't they the Premier yeah, League is immaculate yeah, and, and you growing up in Canary Islands, you can't play that tempo no, in, a lot, because it's what 30, 30, 40 degrees most of the year
1: yeah and and obviously for from the age of probably 8 to 14 our kick-off times varied from sort of 9 o'clock in the morning to 12 o'clock in the afternoon which was sort of the graveyard shift if you got that because yeah yeah, it could be really really hot and i never really thought about it at that time but yeah the tempo probably did suffer um but to be fair the the i don't know what it'd be classed as maybe the sort of council's pitches that they um built in every sort of town where you would go and play were all immaculate
0: three four g pitches um because their problem would be watering grass i guess
1: in... Yeah, well, it, it was never grass. There yeah. was only ever one sort of main ground that had grass. Everything else was probably before I, I started playing around eight years old. It, a lot of them were sand but,
0: and all that dirt, clay kind dirt, of thing. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, sand.
1: It was like rock hard concrete covered yeah. in like like a, just like walking down a path. Bit dust, dust, yeah, yeah. horrible. Um, I don't know how they did it, but fortunately, I sort of missed that and I just went straight into playing. From but you also around.
0: couldn't slide tackle or anything like that. Very well on that, could you? Because you've been well, cut yeah, yourself Yeah, I, I made a mistake of doing that a few times, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So as I was saying before, I wasn't really a defender. I was a, wanted to be this ball-playing midfielder. And, and I had a few spells playing as a number 10 and maybe up front. I, I, I was tall. I was getting taller. Mm. Um, that helped. And then once I got to Port Vale, the reserves had an injury um, in a right-back area. So at 16, I got thrown in. So as a first-year scholar, I got thrown into the reserves. Yeah. And back in those days, which was... I don't know, it sounds the only Not long 12, long ago, 13 yeah, years yeah. ago, yeah, I say those days, but it's different now. The reserve, Central League, and things like that. Mm. And, you know, one of my first games for Port Vale Reserves playing right back was against Derby, um, so we played at somewhere like Ilkeston or somewhere.
0: So, like, Robbie Savage was playing, he? yeah. Robbie Savage played, Paul Dickov yeah.
1: played up front. Oh, cool. So, for me, it was like, nah, this is crazy. <laughs> you know, I've literally watched these players on television, and I had loads of those moments then as I went through the. The ranks, if you like, and you know. and then there was another injury, maybe in the reserves. I think it was one particular game, and I remember Mickey Adams coming in after that game and saying to me, "You're a centre back." Mm. Um, and from that, it was like, well, I did enjoy that game. I did play okay, and maybe there's something there. And it was I, I sort of naturally learnt the little yeah the little nuances to to be in a um,
0: what what, what did, did you like fullback or not? What was your take on that? Yeah. And again, fullback would be different from the top level. Clubs, what they yeah. expect from fullbacks, and what League yeah. One and Two expect from fullbacks. Yeah, well, that was it. It
1: was I was, I was, I was constantly probably confused looking back because I was like, well, okay, I'm playing fullback. Who can I look at who's a good fullback? So obviously you look at you know, Gary Neville's and Ashley Cole's yeah. and people like that. But again, they're playing a completely different. And bombing game. forward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was encouraged to bomb forward. It was just whether I had the the stamina to <laughs> actually do that. Um, but but it, it helped me um, understand. 1v1 one one defending, understand working as a unit, you know, yeah. um, covering your centre back, supporting the play, receiving in, in forward
0: areas. Mm. Um, and you get the ball in front of you, don't you, which is quite nice, whereas yeah. if you're playing centre mid, you're having yeah. the ball with the back to goal under pressure, so it's a slightly different yeah, dynamic. Yeah. I think as,
1: as 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 I progressed, I would never have been able to play centre midfield mm. in a lead two side or in a lead one side, especially at... 16, 17, 18. When, that, they're, when they're making those decisions,
0: is that technique or speed of thought? Is it that you think of that centre midfield um, area that people can? I think they I can th- go on the half turn and shift it quick. I think
1: I think speed of thought. Um, yeah, yeah, understanding the game, physicality. I was I was I was a scrawny sort of lanky <laughs> 16, yeah. 17 year old. Um, and as a centre back, then I had the game in front of me, so yeah. it was more a case of I had to learn to to, uh, and I've always had to learn that, you know, even up until I came to Cheltenham, you know, 25, 26, I was still learning how to manoeuvre sort of against the bigger strikers, mm. how to read the game, um, and I'd say probably Cheltenham helped me the most with that, Michael Duff specifically. Um,
0: who were who the two of the toughest strikers? Did you play out of bio, did you physically, was that, did you ever get up against Akim him?
1: Fenwar played, yeah, a couple of times. Because
0: um, he's literally got about a square metre around him, hasn't he, of, yeah, of physicality.
1: Yeah. Well, he, he literally played in the last... Was it last season? He still played. He was still playing last season for Wickham. Yeah, um, he was usually used as an impact sub. So you saw him coming on. You were like, "Oh no!" And Great
0: technique as well, didn't he? So that was a well, good, yeah. A challenge. It was because
1: he probably had all the time in the world because <laughs> yeah. no one could get near him. Yeah. It was you literally couldn't see the ball. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of it was more then about how you worked as a unit in terms of your distances, trying to keep him as far away from the goal as possible. Because if he got you in the box and yeah. got the ball, he could then get a shot off or. Lay it off to someone else quite easily because you could just
0: literally couldn't see the ball, or you couldn't get close to the ball because he was that strong. Is it? It's an interesting approach because obviously he had genetics that made him strong, but you could see you put a lot of work into building a bulk, which most footballers wouldn't do because it made them less mobile. But actually, the fact that he went so far the other way gave him a strength that that was unique.
1: Yeah, yeah. So you have to admire that really because yeah, he's taken what would be deemed as a strength. You know, someone said obviously he knew that he was quite a strong player, a big player, hmm. target man. He would have been known as. So he thought, well, I'm just going to be go the best, further the best down that, that road yeah 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 we, we always amazed me because i did think he is literally the size of a wardrobe and
0: <laughs> you I can't imagine him doing that well in sprint tests no, or, or no like yeah. i don't
1: know how he trained every day i don't know how whether he did or not i mean and also he played till he was about 37 i think he was even older yeah. I, don't I don't know if he's, he's 38, still playing now i think yeah, yeah i think he's,
0: he's just retired last season but i don't know whether he is playing exactly, at any level so, yeah
1: so you, you have to take your heart off to him that he's he's managed to um prolong that career at
0: a very very good level mm. um, so, so, the way, I, so the identity thing when did you in your head become a centre half then? was it sort of nineteen twenty, and then go from there so not actually that long ago because you're only 29 so it's a strange strange yeah. thing We think about it for most people's career yeah, no, jobs yeah,
1: so it was probably um, that, that, at that time so when I signed a professional contract for Port Vale I think I was signed as a centre back yeah. um, but then the different challenge is that you're you know now 18 and what are you going to do you, the only option you've got is to get into the first team at 18 and play in League Two and back. <laughs> I keep saying back then, but yeah. but really, Port Vale are a quite a maybe a stereotypical lower league team. They're very good at it and they're doing really well this season. But the fans demand it; they want the ball forward quick. So yeah. you have to be physical. It's not a case of you know get loads of time in the ball, and they don't really want you to pass around the
0: back. And does that make you quite panicked when you get the ball though? That they feel like it can in a sense it can but that was when
1: you needed to be fair the the players who were playing in the first team at the time Mickey Adams made sure they knew exactly what their job was and Mm. yeah they knew that it was give themselves enough time enough time and space to have a touch and play the ball into the channel and you had just four, four, two. 4 2 willing runners yeah it was four, four, two. very what you deem as old yeah. school if you like or you have
0: one target striker and one that runs the channel, So yeah probably yeah. it was yeah. like
1: mark richards and tom pope they would they
0: were there at the time tom pope, he obviously carried on for a long time and is very well known was it fun to do that because when you're a kid you love playing football but everyone loves like say dribbling and having the glory moments did you did you think this is different than i that i thought it would be it's yeah i was functional. constantly
1: yeah i was constantly questioning what was the right thing? Because I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure. I was thinking, well, I'm meant to be passing it to my teammates, but they just keep demanding that I stick it <laughs> yeah. as far in, into the other half as I can. Um, I suppose
0: people would say, like, Bobby Moore could do it, but it was like a pass. So it's trying to make it a long pass rather than yeah. a long ball, isn't it? I guess. Yeah, so you, in your head, if you're trying to be more artistic as a player. Yeah, but
1: then that comes down to perception of, of people on the outside, you know, listen to. Whether, which, whether you meant it or not, they don't yeah. 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 People like Sean Dykes, who have always sort of fighting that challenge um, about his teams. You know, people say oh they're a long ball team, but obviously if Liverpool play yeah, a tactic or strategy that requires them to play a lot of passes over the top for Salah and Firmino. Well, was it?
0: Tottenham used to do it with. Was it Vertonghen used to do it to Alley and he dropped yeah. in the inside left. Like, used to do yeah. a switch across, yeah. and that was sort of a 50, yeah. 60 yard pass. But yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, used to pass. Yeah, because it was Tottenham. Because to it looked Dele planned, Alli. didn't it? You yeah. pre- presumed it was, yeah. black, but maybe it was just. But that was the thing you, you you grew up watching Beckham, and Beckham yeah. didn't always know where people were, but he just knew an area that he put exactly, into. Yeah.
1: You look at someone like Trent Alexander Arnold now. You know he. I've, I've read a few things about about him and people's the way they talk about him and how his past completion rate. You know, everyone talks yeah. about stats now. It might be out of
0: Viral, by the way, to Delhi Alley. So just in case yeah. I'm miscredited, yeah. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah.
1: yeah. Um, but yeah, Alexander Arnold's passing now. You know, the risk reward is what it's about. So he can put it on a sixpence and literally create a chance from anywhere. Yeah. But obviously, that isn't going to happen every time. But he's no. going to keep trying it and trying it and. But yeah, is it a long pass or just a hoof? <laughs> it's, it's a long pass because it's Liverpool, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, I've always had to adapt. Um, and then, yeah, being a centre-back was kind of what I wanted to do. Um, what was the adaptation process like of going out to the Canary Islands, becoming, I guess, friends with Spanish kids, and then coming back to the UK? What Was that, in terms of identity, were you shifting then, was it?
1: Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, I used to. we used to uh, come back a lot. Um, my mum was very much she probably missed home more than my dad in terms of she was a lot closer to her, her family. Her family was quite big and she was a lot closer to them, simple as yeah. that. So they sort of had an agreement between them. This is what I've learned it often the way my, yeah. fi- my
0: father-in-law always, because he, my wife and her sister, they call him every day, see him every day. It's like, he, he always says to me, "Oh, what? how are your parents? I'm like, i only saw you two days ago. I haven't spoken to them since yeah. then. It's like, you know, yeah. it's just not the same way for, for, for guys usually. Yeah, possibly that.
1: So yeah, my mum would obviously be on the phone um, to to her mother um, every day um and yeah they had sort of an agreement that it was probably around mine and my sister's school holidays where yeah. they would be able to go back um to England um more readily. so i felt like i had the best of both cuz i would always dip my hand back into friends that i had from from when i was really young and i did keep in contact with quite a few of them and i always was would go say easter holidays summer schools i would go right into different soccer camps and yeah um, Football camps, obviously, but they call them soccer schools, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, soccer is an English word as well. There's a, there's a st- demonization because the Americans and Australians use it, but yeah, when you look at it, we used to call it soccer, I think, up until the 1970s, commonly, and at sky we still use it anyway. But right. apparently, it was an English invention, it wasn't an American thing, yeah. so they just use it because yeah. for them it's less confusing than American football well, yeah, and Aussie course, rules, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, but it's funny how those things yeah. kind of rile people sometimes,
1: yeah. So, um, so yeah, anyway, I was, I was able to. To, to, to get back in and always play. But the, the big thing for me was I was always looking at it when I would leave and we'd go back to Tenerife I'd be thinking I've heard those lads, you know, similar age to me, mm. similar ability would be going on trials to United, City, yeah. Everton, Bolton, everyone in the area. And I was thinking, They're gonna they're gonna make it, they're gonna get well, what was they're the, gonna be a The option football? for you,
0: Las Palmeiras or something out there, the, the Canary With Island Tenerife, teams Tenerife I yeah. mean,
1: you know, they were in and out of La Liga to be fair. Yeah. Um uh, there was a Did they scout
0: locally? Is that where they got their... Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, a good friend of mine at the time um, did play for Tenerife for a bit and he was kind of the um, catalyst for mainly me and my mum, but I owe it all to my mum really because she pursued it more. His dad was very forthcoming with... He was going to make an opportunity for him and he Mm. basically wrote letters to people in his area. So he was from the Midlands, so he would write to Birmingham, Coventry, Villa, Wolves... Warsaw, those sort of teams, yeah. and he ended up having a trial and moving. They, they moved by the, virtue of a letter, yeah, not a scout yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they moved the whole family back to Warsaw from uh, the Canary Islands. Yeah, uh, at fifteen, sixteen.
0: Man, that's, that's also it's a balance, isn't it? Because you want a supportive parent, but where's the fine line between a pressurizing parent that yeah. maybe makes you feel a bit he was a bit under the. Coach? He was
1: great to me, but he was very. He was. He did have that. I suppose I didn't have that. You know, my dad would. He was quite take it leave it. As long as I was all right and yeah, and, happy. And, and happy with it. He he, support me. Um, my mum was the one that took me everywhere to to all the different grounds and played football, um, watched me play football night and day. Um, so then, I was obviously asking questions about that situation, thinking, well, if he's going in there, and yeah. he did, he signed for Warsaw. But he, were,
0: he did that Midlands rather than the Spanish he, route. Yeah, or will try and do it. Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, because it, I, th- I think he just thought that was the best opportunity. It was kind yeah. of you have to get back to England really if you want to do it, especially as an, a, a young English boy. Yeah. Um, did
0: you guys speak Spanish over there? Were you sort of. Yeah, feel part of the culture. And,
1: yeah, I did. I did um, as the time I left. Um, that was mainly down to playing football because my school was quite sort of multinational, multinational, if you like. Yeah,
0: um, was it English language school?
1: Yeah, yeah, followed like English curriculum and, and oh, things right. like that. So I was fortunate in that, and obviously Spanish lessons were, you know, loads. But um, and yeah. there was a lot of Spanish speakers. Yeah, you know, loads of Spanish speakers, but football was the big one. So they
0: so they wanted to come to the English school to learn English and then presumably. Yeah, yeah, kind of the yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Was,
1: there was a few like that. I think the way it worked was similar to, to my parents. It was kind of, they went out there first and foremost to, for a business opportunity or a lifestyle thing and then the children were placed. Yeah. Um, well in, ever, in whatever best situation Whoa. they fell off.
0: what was that relationship like between because i lived in the west indies for a little yeah, bit Islands. Yeah. what's the relationship like in in the canary islands between the locals you know the sort of people who spanish people who live there and the expats Because a lot of expats out there isn't there now yeah um, a lot of british people predominantly but i'm guessing german holiday there i don't know if german people live there as well i'm not sure
1: uh, no it, the majority definitely english um, yeah um I think I think it comes down to your role within it, really, how you place yourself in it. I mean, obviously, I can only speak from the view of a sort of six to sixteen yeah, year old. Yeah, so you felt welcome. I definitely felt welcome, and I, and you know, I, I don't think there's any any um, anything wrong with saying that it was probably because I I, I could play football, mm. the, and especially in in the the local teams. You know what it's like going into a new school, or yeah, especially when you sort of. Eight nine years old, and I went into a full blown Spanish team, full of young lads, and yeah, they, they wouldn't have taken any prisoners. Um, but I think I remember thinking in the first couple of sessions, I thought they they're taking to me, they're taking to me because <laughs> I was nervous. And well, it's I, a, bit, it's my a brilliant Spanish vehicle, was awful, wasn't it? Then. I remember
0: that secondary school. The fact you could play a little bit of football or whatever was a big kind of entry yeah, point to the school. Yeah,
1: yeah, social thing. Mm. Um, and school was school was great. School, I love school. Obviously, the language barrier wasn't as big at school. Not one near as big at school, um, mm. and I had a great group of friends and everything like that. So it was just normal life for me, you know. Um, when it went to school in, in your shorts and <laughs> Christmas Day on the beach and things like that. So I was really? very fortunate to be able do you miss,
0: to. Do you miss to, that though, like the, the, the warm winters and stuff?
1: Yeah, I probably do miss the weather now. Um,
0: it's funny as you get older, you miss it more.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never i never i took it granted obviously yeah um, and i used to just only listen to my dad and my brother who would my brothers who would maybe complain about the weather and i'd just be like the weather's <laughs> the weather it doesn't matter but obviously now yeah it's 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 one of those things that you'd, you'd love to have that weather all year round
0: yeah well i guess when you plan something everyone delivers right whereas here it's like we, we might have a barbecue we might do this or yeah. you know and then it rains yeah. everyone says oh we'll cancel it now yeah
1: so. precisely or even football training you know yeah. we, we whenever it was when we had the snow a couple of weeks back
0: three weeks back it was like the whole country comes to a standstill, <laughs> so that would never happen over there. No. And was it was that good preparation, you think, formative for you going out, adapting to being in a new culture, to then being a footballer? Because you've, in in short space of time, as you said, you've moved around a fair fair amount of clubs, is it five, five or six, just looking at it? Because you yeah. had your loan at Hinkley, didn't you, as well, from yeah. Port Vale, yeah. which was Na- National League North at the time. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I, th- I think, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it definitely helped me. Um, just being in, different situations when you're younger you don't really know that you're learning these lessons or well, in my opinion I don't think you know it's just yeah. a case of you're, you're adapting constantly and you're, you're testing yourself and you're being uncomfortable you know that I, I, I still remember that first training session when I was sort of eight it was called um, Guadagacho the, the, the club was called and my best mate played for him already and he was the one that enticed me to come yeah. he was a goalkeeper he was awful but he was, <laughs> he was desperate for me to come with him uh, and I was so nervous and shy that I didn't want to do it but I um, it's a big lesson yeah th- those are big lessons and like you said I, I then even going into Port Vale you know a proper football club for me these, these were the things that were going through my this is a proper football club Mickey mm. Adams he, he's managing the Premier League yeah. you know he's he's taking training for me now he's calling me over to the first team things like that these were all massive moments but you just learn to adapt and kind of um, put one foot in front of the other and yeah, keep, you do. keep going yeah. yeah you do and it's only now when you do reflect maybe doing things like this is helpful as well because you, you, you look back and you think I was I was always testing myself, and I was always just trying to stand up and, yeah. and, and I stand up to it. And you never you never knew some of it I yeah, hated. Yeah, I've always had this conversation. One of my other good friends who was in the same team as me, the youth team manager used to come around and say, um, "Charlie, Joe, you're with the first team today." Yeah, and we looked at each other with dread because it was like <laughs> because we knew the standard was that high, the demands were that high, and they would tell us.
0: Yeah. But Which, when you're not when you're an old man, you're kind of rocking chair, you'll be thinking, Oh yeah, you're a young kid, just go for it, enjoy it whereas yeah. in that moment, yeah, you're yeah. That apprehension.
1: Yeah, if I really remember what I felt like, it was total apprehension, total anxiety, total like dread. I used the word dread because it was like, Oh, I just want to enjoy my training yeah. session today with with my mates. Who, but how did
0: you feel once you got there and did it the session? Yeah, afterwards?
1: once you once you did it and and it's amazing, like you talk about your senses and how they just rock it. You are engaged, you are concentrated because you know every mistake will be Noted, um, yeah, and not obviously even now in my position where young lads come to train with us, it's like you all you're doing is and all they were doing to us is letting you know that this is serious business and yeah. and we're here to win and we're here to compete and it needs to be right. And if it's not right, okay, fine, but we're gonna let you know so you don't do it again and it keeps happening. And um, and deep down, I loved it and, and I did, it was sort of perverse in a way because I, I hated the feeling of it, but once I got into it, it was like. I couldn't wait to ring There's, my mom and dad and say, I was with the first team today. It's when
0: you get that feeling in your gut, you're tempted not to lean into something, but you actually think, in retrospect, times when you do, you feel so much better afterwards, yeah. Cause I suppose that's the yeah. opportunity to grow, yeah. isn't it? Challenge yourself. So
1: maybe being aware of, of of that feeling in your gut is, if you can recognise that, that you've got that feeling, you're probably thinking, I'm onto something here. Yeah. Um, and like you said, retrospect is 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 nice because at the time it was. And it's challenging I, I yourself. It.
0: It's it's. And you are you in a football club. You're trusting the manager to know when it's right to challenge you, right? Because you're not yeah. coming in at 14 and him putting you with a 25 yeah. year old striker or yeah. something. But yeah. it's just you sort of yeah. get the challenge right, the discomfort right, isn't it? Because if you get it mm. too far the other end, and you kind of yeah. collapse and burn. It's not the, yeah. the best. Way I to think do, it.
1: also it was the. I had absolutely no belief in myself, really, mm. um, because I just was always thinking I wasn't good enough to be here Um, and obviously then the way it was at Port Vale the youth team would train this pitch and the first team would be on this pitch and all you'd hear suddenly let's say one of the first team players might have got injured or anything could have happened and all you or there's just short on numbers for an exercise and then all you hear is send Charlie Raglan over and I'd (laughs) be like oh no (laughs) but thinking about it he hasn't just done that yeah willy-nilly he's 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 probably had a conversation with the coaches who have put my name forward. Yeah. So it's, it's great, really.
0: It's, it's difficult, isn't it? I think cause in terms of self-development and getting better at stuff, you have to think, but then I remember a boss saying to me actually at work about performing on screen, he said, are you overthinking it? And it was like, well, maybe you're right, actually. Maybe you do just have to get on with it sometimes and just try and be in the moment is the key, isn't it? Not, yeah. not over-analyzing whether you're ready for a certain level or whatever it might be.
1: No, I think, I think something for me in the last couple of years and, um, you know, might be a conversation for another time but like the psychology of it and things especially in football always fascinated me Uh, yeah and I've done a lot of work on that and I've got loads of work to do but one thing for me yeah like you said before trusting yourself and and your own instincts and and maintaining your own confidence you know that's the big thing you can't rely on I used to rely on that pat on the back so even back then with Port Vale it was like my dad would say did the manager say anything to you and he was like oh yeah yeah he said um
0: yeah, your dad's inadvertently, your dad's conditioning yeah. you to think you need yeah. to look for yeah. that feedback. which yeah. wasn't his intent yeah, no.
1: intention, but he was obviously just trying to make me feel better. And it was like, well, oh, yeah, the gaffer said um, it was a good pass today or whatever, <laughs> I don't know. It's something tiny and I would, it would make me feel good. But yeah. then, it, then the flip side of that is if I don't get that, I'm starting to doubt myself again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas you the, get
0: to a point of blowing in the wind too much, don't you? We think actually you have to have a kind of internal equilibrium where yeah. you're never too high, never too low, and you're just Absolutely, relaxed. Yeah
1: absolutely which is hard
0: to get to but i think if because you want to like i say think about it to analyze to get better but then it can be because you, you rely on emotion don't you I think emotion directs your confidence and things like that so yeah. if you are overthinking it, it breeds anxiety then it impairs your performance so it's, yeah. it's counterproductive yeah absolutely it's, it's funny what the moving around thing is interesting because i moved around loads as a kid but that mm. was a doctrine i think overall it was it was wholly positive but we i was born in london we moved to cardiff norfolk west indies tiny island called turks and caicos islands grand turk was the capital island seven miles long one mile wide so mm. you know you're in the sea every day after school and all this on white sands and but and you do build resilience because you have a lot of discomfort i think being a new kid at school but then there are things i think you kind of feel like you're a bit of, someone said in the podcast last year because he had a similar experience that he was a kind of chameleon and i think that can be a challenge to talk about identity isn't it because mm. you're adapting to new situations but sometimes you're over-adapting your sense of self to mm-hmm. to fit the new system, so it's that it's that challenge, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I obviously didn't move around as much as you, and no. I, it was certainly, it's a big move though. It Certainly wasn't as glamorous yeah. as the West Indies, um, you know, Tenerife is. Well, Tenerife's um, pretty one great one though. Not going well, there in the yeah, winter. One side is full of bars and whatever. You <laughs> and, um, and to be fair, yeah, I was I was sort of I was in and around that, you know, the way you know my my family uh, was was built was very sociable and, and what have you so um, but yeah, adapting is 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 vital and and I always go back, yeah, the football thing was for me, it was the going into the dressing rooms and. Um,
0: yeah, because you went to what, Oxford United was, was it after Port uh, Vale? That was,
1: no, so Port Vale um, released me after a first yeah. year professional contract which like I said before, it was, your options are you get in the first team or you leave. And yeah. Really, I was never going to be ready. Never going to be ready, and I suppose that's why now clubs have under twenty three systems mm. because they have to bridge that gap. People mature the, differently. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's the reasoning behind it, um, which I never had. But again, I count the blessings a little bit because it was kind of okay. We're well, going into now you're going into the real world of well, you actually haven't got a job. So I did sign another. I signed a full time contract, if you like, mm. to play part time football. Sounds silly, but it was kind of I was on more money. Where was that? That was at Hinkley. Hinkley yeah. So I'd already been on loan. Yeah. I went back there to Hinkley. Were you was... working as well? Or? Not at that moment, no. Because no. I was so confused and, and <laughs> almost gutted about it. It took me six months to get over that, really. And it was kind of around the Christmas time of that year, probably uh, 2012, 13, maybe. Um, and I was like, right, yeah, I need to start thinking about real life and, and what I'm going to do. Am I going to be a footballer? I'll give it another 18 months, maybe, yeah. um, and see how I go. and Fortunately, I moved to Nantwich Town, which was closer to home. Yeah, uh, I knew the area a little bit more, and that went really well. And then um, a, a good, a good family friend of mine, um, who sadly died not long ago, um, got got me in touch with uh, the FC United, S uh, C United and Manchester manager.
0: This is the club founded by Manchester United supporters. Yeah. yeah.
1: So straight away, it sort of uh, resonated with me. Yeah. Um, and I knew a bit about it. I, I knew loads about it actually, just from a fan's point of view. You know the atmospheres and things like that. Yeah, so, it was born out of
0: the Glazer takeover of United, wasn't it? Yeah, two thousand five. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and and they yeah. had built a proper good club. You know, it was in the Evo stitch Northern Premier League, so the average gate would probably have been about three hundred and FC got three, four, five thousand. Wow. Because uh, they played at a gig lane. So very. that's cause similar to what Cheltenham get. Not. Yeah. 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 In the big games, there was like four and a half thousand there. And it was, for me, you know, it was like play. that was, I I used to say that was close I was going to get to playing for Manchester United. And, (laughs) you know, we wore the kit and they sang the same songs. So I knew every song and it was, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a, again, I was, I was in it and I was playing, but I was just playing. Every game was like a Champions League final for me and that was fine. It just, it it obviously helped me. And I never thought about whether I was going to move on or what I was going to do. I was just so engaged in being an FC United player. Yeah. And ended up playing 40-yard games for them. And then out of nowhere, I had a couple of offers from uh, Fleetwood and Chesterfield. Um,
0: Uh, What leagues were they in at
1: the time? Fleetwood had had both just been promoted from League 2 to League 1. So it was a massive jump. Um, And I went to Fleetwood. It just didn't seem right. I went to Chesterfield and Paul Cook, uh, charming (laughs) in his way, uh, I ended up... Agreeing a contract which I was told not to do but charismatic he, scouser yeah. well yeah he bamboozled me into agreeing <laughs> on a pittance of a contract but it was like done signed there you go so uh yeah I signed for them in 2014 and it was it was yeah so you like, like
0: 21 at the time 21 yeah. yeah so
1: I had a massive it, that was another mindset shift I remember thinking right I've got to give it a, this I've got to try to give it a go like really give it a go don't don't waste any time don't don't have any sort of regrets on, on how you approached it. So
0: I'll live the best life around it stuff, maximise yeah, your energy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, all that. But I just I even just having the mindset in training of I might make mistakes, I might not get in this team, but I'm yeah. gonna have it go. Worst case scenario, I go back to West United where I loved it anyway. Yeah. And I was working now, now I would i trained I say trained very briefly, you have to do a qualification to be a personal trainer and it yeah. was kind of the natural but The level three thing, yeah, I've been yeah, yeah I've done that. Yeah, yeah level yeah. two, level three and a few classes in between and but again i love that i had i worked again i was very lucky to get a job with a, within a team within a gym um and i've still got friends i've made some great friends in that in that team and they they taught me so much about work ethic and mm. uh, mastery and you know respecting your craft and 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 i learned a lot from being six months to a year in the gym yeah um, makes you I, appreciate
0: the life of a footballer as well to a 100% extent.
1: but I took that into it I thought that's my advantage I, yeah. I, I was I was then getting more mature to be able to uh, bring that stuff into, into my yeah. football um, and the yeah. way I lived and the way it, I did
0: it's funny you say that because obviously football is so competitive in this country the people who make it at any level professionally it's it's such so, so slim and Shane Duff has been on the podcast a couple of times Michael's brother and he talked about being Cheltenham I think they were either cutting the academy or they were going to retain one player or something and he made a conscious decision in training not just to get by when he was training with the first team but to stand out to ask for the ball to kind of and he said it was almost no one noticed the first week but then over weeks and months suddenly people think oh he's actually doing better and suddenly yeah. making that switch one summer I think he said it was it, mentally to just try and seize the seize yeah. the day and it, it paid off yeah
1: you have to find a difference I think and I, I haven't mentioned it yet but it, it was quite obvious to me that I wasn't going to be good enough to on ability alone or physicality alone so I was thinking all the time about what what, what can I do how can mm. I do it so my work ethic became my sort of star quality um, and, and, and I know that it did work especially with Chesterfield and Paul Cook Paul Cook took a shine to me I, I, I do think he did um, and I remember because I got my chance because um the two centre backs were Ian Everett who's obviously now Bolton yeah. manager Sam Hurd had come in he was already there but he actually was only playing because Liam Cooper had gone to Leeds oh wow so technically I was brought in to <laughs> yeah. follow on from Everett and Cooper <laughs> Premier League player yeah, yeah, yeah. both Premier League yeah. players um, Everett played at Blackpool in the yeah, Premier League yeah, yeah. Um, and cooper has been captain of Leeds for seven yeah. years whatever uh, so Hurd he went in and played he got quite a bad injury ironically away at Port Vale yeah. so <laughs> I made my lead debut my Yeah, my full lead debut at, um, Strange twist. at Port Vale away and we won 2-1 and I played <laughs> an hour really um, and it was all, all very good. And
0: then was that when you went down south to Oxford, was it? From so then Chesterfield
1: point? was one full year there, Cook went to Portsmouth and took a whole host of players with him. Basically the club was then going backwards in terms of what was happening upstairs and yeah. I think he knew that. Um, Dean Saunders came in and gave me a new contract, which was great. I I didn't mean great in terms of he's a character as well well, isn't he Dean Dean Saunders was absolutely brilliant Um, and again I think he definitely took a shine to me because of the way I tried to work and Mm. I took it seriously and I really tried to give myself the best opportunity and I wasn't the best player but I wanted to play I wanted to do so
0: well Um, it's a short window as well isn't it relative to other people's careers football is you know it can be you know people like defenders like Thiago Silva are making it a 20 year career but that's quite rare there's a lot of people you kind of every year counts significantly yeah. whereas someone in their 20s in, in another line of work can change career it's not that significant yeah. to them at that yeah. point but you, if you're going to make the most of it it's kind yeah. of here it's now or never isn't it yeah
1: yeah you have to you have to try you have to make the most of it and it's, it's a fine line between thinking too far ahead and I did do that a lot I thought I was desperate to have a career yeah that's what I was always trying to say to myself I need to establish myself um, and I, I never really felt like I had done that probably until later in my Cheltenham career really but. but does it
0: feel good now that you've been a footballer for almost a decade professional yeah. footballer for a decade? yeah i decade. suppose yeah. that is
1: something um it's, it's funny because it's like everything you sort of always thinking oh i'd love to be able to get to that and get to yeah. this and get to that and when you're there you're thinking well what's <laughs> now what's now what's next and
0: yeah comparison's the enemy of happiness isn't it because you'll be thinking mm-hmm. oh i could be playing in the premier league but actually for most yeah. kids out there playing your job being a footballer yeah is the goal right to get yeah. paid it's ridiculous for most people most people pay five quid every week to play at the goals or whatever it is the center you know the five-a-side yeah, yeah. So. it's ridiculous it is ridiculous that
1: you know I, I had this conversation with my girlfriend the other day about how and I'm talking back in the day back in the day people worked to provide and survive and it was yeah. like every every job had a service and had a meaning towards yeah. it you know you you helped the community you helped yeah the world you lived in miners blacksmiths yeah. bakers yeah. butchers yeah doctors um yeah. now I, you, I mean if you're very good at football and I mean really good you can be I don't know what's Ronaldo on 177 million a year yeah. so it's <laughs> quite rare I think that's the, yeah, that's not the, that's that's the average yeah, yeah. I'm, a, I'm on a bit less than that but yeah, um, but yeah to be able to, to say that you've, you've and again I go back to Mickie Adams I remember him saying to one player in particular who was having a very bad time down to his own professionalism and he, his, his phrase mm-hmm. was respect your profession and, yeah. and that stuck with me yeah um, and I always felt like I did respect my profession. I was very, I knew I was fortunate, and I, and I wanted to make the most of it. So,
0: you you mentioned Ronaldo actually, which is interesting because I've really relished going down to Cheltenham Town as a counterpoint sometimes to the Premier League. Because what's happened in our lifetime, and I'm, I'm a decade older than you, but this kind of swell of of money that's come into the game, it's distanced players inevitably at the top level from everyday people from the fans who go there, whereas when you go down to League 1 or 2 there seems more synchronicity doesn't it? you've got empathy with the fans they're paying their mortgage paying their rent you guys still are in a sense there's an, a groundedness to it which is probably quite wholesome because actually when you finish your career you'll have to do something else whereas what will Ronaldo do for 40 years he might actually you know he's not going to go and work for 50 grand a year if he's on no. you know if he's if he's got 500 million in the bank so mm. it's, it's I don't know it sounds a strange way to say I don't feel sorry for them but it's there, there is something kind of historic about the connection you've got. It's a throwback to to where, where football came from for a hundred years before the last twenty, twenty, thirty years. Yeah, um,
1: yeah. I think I actively have maybe gone that way where I thought, well, you know, I'm no, I'm no different, as much as a perception. And there probably, I don't know, maybe there isn't of of players who play in League One, but there's certainly a perception of footballers as a general population that they are a certain type of person and. Hmm. But actually, I think what you're doing there is you're just generalising young blokes. Um, yeah, it just happens to be that these lads and some of them have got a lot more money than the average person, mm. and how they, what they do with that, and how they. Uh, live they their have lives. to remove
0: themselves, don't they? Because they have to get extra security. They have to be very conscious yeah. of things. It's yeah, uh, so those, it's those dynamic be, but, Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, But even yeah, you know, at our level, there's there's certain players, and you're thinking, you are thinking, you're acting. A certain way.
0: Michael Duff said to me, he knew that someone was on seven hundred quid a week or something. He was had a seven hundred quid T-shirt on. And he was like, "You just, <laughs> yeah. it's just, you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna be financially healthy if you're gonna take yeah. that. If you're trying to live up to what the Premier League players are doing, yeah.
1: Well, that's it. I, I, I I've, come ac- I've come I've I can't speak. I've, I've, um, I've come across plenty of players who want to live a footballer's lifestyle, a perceived footballer's lifestyle, without being the footballer and actually doing what footballers should be doing, which is living their lives right and training hard. Yeah. Um, and obviously mistakes are gonna be made along the way. That, that's also part of being mm. a footballer. But, um, but yeah, I mean, money has never interested me um, up to the point of, as long as I can, like you said, pay my rent and uh, go to the supermarket. And you know, basic things really, as long as I can do that and, and do a few few little things along the side then I'm, 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 I'm perfectly happy and it was all about the football you know yeah. I never thought about it on the pitch or what I was going to be doing um, it was just playing the game like it was the World Cup final uh, regardless of what level it was at
0: and and you've got sort of obviously a rounded life now because you're you're a father. You're 30 next year, which is really young in in relative terms, but for football terms, it's kind of I guess as a landmark for people to start thinking. Even though, as I say, you could go on to 40, so you've got half your career to come potentially. Don't I will. You don't you think don't think you will, but because it, it's not only about your goals, is it? Because now you are a dad, it's your your partner and your two and your two babies. Because actually, and I know this, working a, a job that's unorthodox, it's great for you to do a dream job, but then it, there are. Sort of challenges for people around you, isn't it? When you work on social hours and you've got different commitments, and yeah. so it's what what are the sort of goals for you and the the family?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's difficult really because I've always been. Um, so we touched on when I was twenty-one, I signed for Chesterfield. I'd just met my girlfriend then, so you know we've been together coming up nine years. Um, yeah, getting married in the summer. Uh, we've got two children,
0: which is good that she's been invested in the journey for this yeah this length.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, I've played for FC United of Manchester. I tried to twist it, but she she saw through <laughs> it. She knew it wasn't Manchester United. She's uh, she's an avid fan as well. It's problem with the internet. You can't, yeah, you can't get away yeah, these I days. Have, I wouldn't have got it past her. But, yeah. um, but no, that, for obviously, then moving to Oxford, which we we briefly mentioned that because that was a deadline day move. Uh, um, oh, in cool. the Summer of 2016. Yeah, it was literally a, Wednesday was a day off for us.
0: What well, August deadline
1: or yeah, yeah. January? Yeah, August. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd woken up, I'd had, back in those days it was, I had a light in you know, on the day <laughs> off and um, I had loads of missed calls and text messages off my agent and it was, we're on the move basically, so she was at work so I gave her a ring and said i packed a bag and I'm literally going to Oxford. Yeah. Um, I wasn't even going to Oxford, I was just going on the motorway, I didn't know where I was going at the time, it was one or two, it was Oxford and another club. Um, we in anyway. roughly the same direction were they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. south, yeah, <laughs> yeah. London way. Yeah. Uh, so anyway ended up going to Oxford so that sort of after that year she moved down to Oxford because I'd signed a two-year contract at the end of that season yeah um so from then you know we I, I some I used to feel a lot more guilty now it's kind of helpful that we've got the girls and things but yeah it was like I, I took her away from her life and her family mm. but she was quite sure that she wanted to, to move with me and um and that's definitely probably helped me um,
0: and then coming to Cheltenham is not too big of an people from Oxford. It's just well, that was another. That was that was a, yeah. yeah. that was a great. That was a big advantage
1: um, in in that move. And I mean, I can't complain. I've had I've had the opportunity to live in Oxford and Cheltenham, which are you know two of the most beautiful yeah cities and towns in in quite historic places. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, no disrespect to somewhere like Grimsby, but I could have ended up. <laughs> I could have ended up getting mean, fish and like, chips there. But yeah. well, yeah, yeah. I have been, um, But. So, yeah, I can't complain. But going forward, obviously, yeah, I do have to start thinking about what's next in terms of my career. Um, and also, like you said, what's best for the family. Um, ultimately, I've got it in my head that we would probably like to move back to where we're, you know, we're northwest. North West. Yeah, the northwest. Um But whether that's possible within football and, and mm. the compromise I'll have to make alongside them, you know, she's very open minded and. I think for now, because they are so young, you know, they're only fourteen months old, the girls. So until they're sort of having to get prepared for schools and things, um, I'm, quite, yeah. I'm quite relaxed about it. Although I know that ideally, if it's possible, but football's not ideal. Would
0: you would you like to stay at Cheltenham for a little bit longer?
1: Yeah, I would. I would. The thing, the thing with me, it's not. It's more a case of the my role within the team, really. Yeah, you know, like I said up. At the minute i'm twenty nine obviously thirty sounds so much different but it is only a year older uh, so I've not changed that much and I've, I can still offer was like to you lived a
0: life. you look like you lived the life as well with a personal training background you've been aware of looking after yourself
1: yeah yeah um yeah that and the way football's gone like um you know I remember it wasn't until I got to watch it really that the the c side of it really took hold of mm. it when I'd been in football clubs and since then Oxford and uh, strength, strength and conditioning for people yeah, yeah sorry yeah, that's all right Um has been very sports science and what have you has been really um, prominent in, in, in the, those two clubs and for the last sort of six seven years so yeah so, um, so yeah I think I've got plenty of time left to play um, where and when and wh- why things
0: happen you know you don't know I'm in the last year of my contract so so dealing with that uncertainty you just what you control what you can control which is the day to day and training I presume yeah, absolutely. I think again,
1: experience and maturity um, is results in a bit more uh, calmness yeah. around it, and you have to accept that the job is uncertain. Mm. Um, you know, you're not going to be very rare for four or five year contracts to be handed out at this level. So you you are living sort of year to year, two two years to two
0: years, if you're lucky. Um, and if you're not getting selected, it's a weird psychology, isn't it? Because you want the team to do well because you're part of it but you also know that it's hard to get into a winning team
1: yeah um, I, think, I think I've i come to terms with it a lot a lot more this year last year was quite hard because it was um, a bit more of a shock um, to the system of not playing every week yeah uh, I did have a couple well I had one injury I had, I had a knee injury that was prolonged for one reason or another it, it could have maybe been sorted out in sort of six seven weeks but it took maybe double that time yeah uh, and then after that, I was sort of finding myself in and out of the team. Um, obviously, my, t- my twin girls had just been born and it was quite a stressful time around that. But but to me, football was the, the outlet. Yeah. I wanted to play more. Does,
0: does your girlfriend give you a bit of a pass because you're an athlete? Does she give you she, more she, time yeah. to sleep? And
1: Yeah. Well, now that's not that necessary because they're great. Um, oh, they, they? they sleep yeah like a dream. What's your secret? Touch <laughs> I'll tell you that after. Yeah. Um, it whiskey. Lot, it involved, <laughs> no it involved a lot of money to oh, an right. expert, but um, okay. but yeah, it was at the time in the early days. Yeah, early days. Last year, it was uh, it was it was difficult. It took its toll, but yeah, no, she was very supportive again.
0: Because um, your job is, you have to be rested for your job, which yeah. is good. Good get out of jail card. Yeah, college,
1: yeah. Uh, I think the general rule was that if. They both wake up. I get up if one of them wakes up. <laughs> so I think she used to probably wake the other one up just so that it made me... Uh, com- misery likes company, yeah. 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 Um, but but yeah, so back to the football, it was um, not playing as much was difficult. Uh, I still have a year left on my contract. Uh, it was just because it was a shock because I'd come in in 2019, so four years this month, um, and played a lot of football matches and I kind of got used to it. Not complacent, certainly, yeah. but... I got used to that and I didn't really feel didn't really see a genuine reason of why I wasn't then doing that Um, the manager at the time had his thoughts and um, it didn't really it was more a case of it's not anything I've done it was just a change and I I I found it difficult to to, to deal with this year's been a bit more it is what it is and Mm. I will roll with it and get the best out of it and that's just been my mindset and I've been trying to make
0: it yourself undeniable in the sense of how you perform in training and how you are around the club yeah yeah but not
1: get as uh, like we said at the start like as anxious or Mm. sort of um uptight about it and and I I, sometimes I can't explain where that's come from it's just sort of a gut instinctive inside me it's just like I'm quite relaxed about it I'm again I'm quite confident in how I'm training and I'm trusting myself in terms of I'm, I'm doing the right things and I'm ready. And yeah. fortunately in the last sort of few months when I have been called upon, things have gone. It's like being gravel. in the right
0: right state, isn't it? They talk about that sports psychology. You don't want to be over aroused. You don't want to be kind of under aroused, yeah. but you don't want to be anxious because it's, yeah. it's counterproductive. And that, delivery. Takes,
1: that takes work and that takes maturity and experience. Mm-hmm. I think, um, like we said, it's, again, we've, we've touched on different things because when I was younger and I had that, those dreaded moments and, I do remember every game I was nervous. It was it was mm. a big thing for me. And then over time, obviously you're doing it every week and you're playing at good level and it does become a little bit, oh, I'm doing this again. and yeah it's, yeah. it's second nature. You need a little
0: bit of nerves as well. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so now I have more of a, an excitement and a composure. Yes, that's about, how you frame it, yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. And I have more, but I have more of that. And I, it has taken a bit of work because um, I think it got to a stage where I probably wasn't enjoying it as much and I thought, well, what's, you know... It, I need to be able to, people say it all the time, don't you? Oh, you've got to enjoy it, it's a game, but how do you enjoy it? Well, that was the, yeah, that was the yeah. thing for me, I had to find out how and it was kind of about
0: relaxing and letting
1: go of a lot of things that I was worried about. Yeah, because
0: um, you're being evaluated all the time in that job, aren't you? That's the thing about it, you yeah. can't, but you can't think about that.
1: No, because there's nothing you can actually do. Mm. It's You are just out
0: there to, to, yeah. to, to be... Fans, managers, yeah. other players, their opinions, yeah. but actually the opinion of yourself is probably the most important one, right? Yeah, absolutely. What is the most important one? Is right? yeah, anyone you can control or Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think earlier on, I spoke, I didn't have that belief, and now, in a in a very placid, non-arrogant way, I I do have belief that I can I can play the game, mm. and I know my position, and I can offer a lot to a team, um, whether I'm in the team or out the team, and that's how I'm going along now, you know. And um, if if Cheltenham have a conversation or want to have a conversation about that or it's it's just a, a matter of time or a matter of other people's
0: uh, yeah uh, whatever the word is other, other people's decisions judgments yeah, opinions decisions, yeah whatever yeah. it is yeah, yeah no. and i think you, you're right it's a good way to 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 alleviate that and i think you, you mentioned that growing into your identity i think sometimes you take it you prove yourself as well through confidence through competence don't you and once you know you've got that competence it does it we could talk forever. I've, I've actually yeah. got to go because my little girl's you got pick her up. I'll be in trouble. She's eight now. You'll wait for right, this because yeah. if, if you're a moment late, you're definitely well, wife yeah, will hear yeah. about it and I'll hear about it. So yeah. it'll be, uh, I'll be doing
1: it off both of them, as well.
0: yeah. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be trouble, yeah, But Charlie, right. really appreciate you coming in, mate. And, and great, great to chat. And I hope you do stay so we have more conversations in the future. But it's great to meet yeah. you at the, the club the other the other month. And 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 you know, I wish you the best of luck for the rest of the season. Well, thank you very much. Cheers. fascinating got a lot out of that conversation with charlie i think for someone who's relatively so young still at 29 years of age worked a lot of things out and almost i think i was talking about it to my wife actually in a broader conversation about life that nike slogan just do it not overthinking it is is something that resonates there isn't it that sense of overanalyzing the sense of anxiety that can come through that when actually just preparing for the moment going into the moment embracing it however that might be seems, to be, seems to be the key. So, yeah, I thought it was very insightful. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Please rate the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you might be listening to it, or just tell a friend. I appreciate you listening. appreciate Charlie coming on as well. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the sponsors, Bang & Olufsen of Cheltenham and Serene AV. Cytoplan. if you are looking to optimize your immunity, remember the discount code with the podcast is draper10r, D-R-A-P-E-R, Uh, P-E-R, yeah, that's it. I can spell my own name. The numerals one zero and the capital letter R. 30% off your first purchase, 10% ongoing at cytoplan.co.uk, C-Y-T-O-P-L-A-N.co.uk. And I don't know if that idea of Attic Box Audio of getting loved ones' life stories in their own voice recorded in quality for you to listen to for posterity, connect generations for years and decades to come, then do, do check out Attic Box Audio You can either go atticboxaudio.co.uk to find it or to drapermedia.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Hope you have a great rest of the week. Bye for now.